Um, I am from Spearfish, South Dakota. That's up on the north edge of the Black Hills, almost into uh, Wyoming, to our neighbor. And it was 19 degrees when we got up yesterday and started making our way here. Ice was all over the road. School was delayed by two hours, and we're thinking, what are we doing? But we're glad we made it down here. We got about 200 miles, and suddenly it got above zero, so we were good. And now it's here. So sorry for bringing that to you guys. I'm uh, really curious, just kind of a rhetorical question here, but just thinking back, how many of you five years ago thought you would be here in York, Nebraska today? Probably a, a few, probably mostly older people or seniors or people who were born here, but not a whole lot of us. And I was just thinking back, um, when I graduated from high school, I had waited my entire life to go in the military. And as soon as I was out of high school, I went in the army and was gone for a number of years and actually became a Christian while I was in the army. And because of that, decided to get out and go learn something about Jesus. Because all I knew is that he was who he said he was. And I didn't know a whole bunch more than that. And what was really interesting is the path that my life took after that. I was still hoping to either go into politics and law or go back into the military. And instead, God had a different plan for me. There's a verse in scripture you may be familiar with from Proverbs 16, verse 9, that says, The heart of a man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. And that verse has played true my entire life. I have never really planned out. I knew what I was doing. I was going to follow Jesus no matter where he led me. And so I got out of the military, went to a Bible college in, back home in Minnesota, and then uh, left there and went to seminary in Illinois, went back to Minnesota, worked at my alma mater for a little bit till I was given a job at Cincinnati Christian University where I worked for a while. None of those jobs did I ever pursue. I just pursued Jesus. And doors would open and opportunities would be given. And one of the things that, that I learned is when I'm given an opportunity, make the most of that opportunity. Because again, we can plan our ways, but it doesn't always turn out like we want. I met Trevor this morning. We were talking and he came here to play baseball until he fell off a roof and broke his leg. And then baseball kind of evaporated around that. It gets to DH a little bit, but probably a further career isn't going to take place because of that injury we plan our ways, but we don't know what's going to happen. God establishes our steps. So I want to tell you a brief story, and I will keep track of time. Um, Becky and I, my wife, were in Cincinnati working at the university there. She's a nurse working at the hospital. And we were approached about planting a church. And I laughed because for the last six, eight years, I'd been working for Bible colleges and Christian colleges and so I kind of laughed it off and thought, no, this is my course. I'm planning my way to, you know, the presidency when I can take over a college and make it what I want, a great place to have fun and learn. Um, and so kind of on, on that track and was approached about this, and I kind of laughed it off. And then it came back and it came back and it came back over a period of a few weeks. And the third time this guy contacted me about planting a church, I really wanted to get him off the phone. So I said, I'll tell you what. Give me 30 days. Don't contact me for 30 days. Give me 30 days and we'll pray about it and then we'll see from there. Well, I got to be true to my word. So we prayed about it for 30 days and guess what? When he called back, God had a plan for us and we ended up going to South Dakota to plant a church. And when I look back on that, 
I think about all these different things that came into play. I'm a doubter, so the whole time that I'm going through this, I'm like, God, you really want me to do this? I knew nothing about church planting at the time. And so the one book that was out there, this is eons ago, so the only book out there was by a guy named Aubrey Malfers on church planting. So I read the book, got through the book, the first half all about church planting, second half all about what a church planter looks like. It's the complete opposite of who I am. And so I'm sitting in my office at the college, and I'm just overwhelmed because I don't know what I'm doing now. And so I prayed. This is the cool part of this story. I prayed that God would reveal something for me because I felt like he was calling me to church planting, but now I'm the opposite of what everybody says church planter was. And I said, God, I'm confused. Now, I grew up in a very conservative Church of Christ, Christian church. We don't do this. But I did it in this instance. I said, God, I need a sign. And I kid you not, in that moment, as soon as those words left my lips, there was a knock on my door. So I opened my door, and it's a guy standing before me that I've never met before, don't know who he is, and he said, are you Matt Branham? And I said, yeah, and he said, so I work with a friend of yours named John Jefferson who plants churches up in New England. And I said, oh, yeah, I served, actually, he was the pastor at the church that I served while I was in seminary. And he said, he just wanted me to come by and say hi for him. And I said, well, great, you know, kind of caught up for a little bit. As he's leaving, he looks down at my desk and he sees this book by Malfers. And he says, church planting book? Are you planning on planting a church? And I said, oh, I don't know. I said, I'm just reading the book. Because in that moment, I didn't know. And he says, well, Aubrey Malfers, he said, fantastic book. Everything you ever need to know about church planting But he said the second half of that book, when he describes a church planter, it's complete garbage. Tear it out and throw it away. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Right? I asked for a sign, and in that moment, now I want to give you one more. So, okay. So now, fast forward about 15 years, we're in Spearfish, South Dakota. We planted a church. We've been meeting in the high school for 12 years. We finally build a building go about $2 million in debt, have this huge building, it's great. Half the church has left once we moved into the building, and I feel like I've probably killed this church, and then my secretary comes to a meeting on that Wednesday morning, and she says, hey, I just want you to know, we've got $8,000 in bills that are due Monday morning, and there's $800 in the checking account. And so I said, okay, and she's all concerned about it, And I said, I've got it. Don't worry about it. She left. I left. I went home to mow the lawn because I just need to clear my head. I'm scared. Don't know what I'm supposed to do. So I'm out there mowing the lawn. I got through one one time, and I started mowing it a second time because I'm still praying, asking God, what do you want me to do? Do I need to go out and raise some funds? Do I need to make some phone calls? What do you want me to do? And this is interesting because it was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I know the time because I just looked down and figured the kids are going to be home from school pretty soon. 3.15, they get home. And so I'm finishing up mowing, and about that moment, I get this just like inner voice, right? I know it's the voice of the Holy Spirit, but I hear this voice that says, Matt, this time I don't want you to do anything. And I'm like, well, that's weird. And it really came out of nowhere because I'm a guy that I like to work a room. I like, to, I like fundraising. And, and so I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do anything. Like I said, it was about 3 o'clock because I knew the kids were coming home soon. 
That night we get to church, we have like 100 kids at the church for our, for our midweek program for grade school kids. And um, while we're there, one of the elders from my church business guy in town calls me up and he says, hey, is, every, is your whole staff there tonight? And I said, yeah, everybody's here. He said, hold them, I'm going to be down there as soon as it ends. I want to talk to you guys. So he comes in. And now he knows the situation because I share everything with Mark. So he comes in and he says, I want you to know that at 3 o'clock today, I got a call. And it's a member of our church. It's one of those guys that comes about every other week. And he was coming to church. Um, or He called Mark and he said, hey, he said, you know, I, he runs a business that he sells everything on Amazon, makes stuff and sells it. Actually, bread slicers of all the weird things. But he makes these on Amazon, and he's, he sells them on Amazon, and so he gets paid quarterly. And he said, hey, Mark, I just realized I haven't, I haven't tithed to the church in quite some time. He said, I just, I'm just getting paid from Amazon, so can I run down and drop off a check? I'm not going to be there this Sunday, but I want to drop off a check for church. Now, nobody knows about this other than Mark and my staff, the situation. And he comes up, and he goes into Mark's office, and he strokes a check, for $8,000 at 3 o'clock that day. The same time when I'm mowing my lawn and praying. These are the kind of stories that happen when you go out and do something beyond what you're able to do for the name of Christ. Church planting has been one of the greatest adventures I've ever been on for my faith. It has grown me in my relationship with God. It's given me the ability to trust him no matter what because I've seen him show up in instances like these. Totally out of the ordinary. When I'm on track serving in the kingdom of God, on mission for him, God shows up. It's also the, high, the most risky thing I've ever done. And I've done some risky things, both in the military, when I was a stupid kid, in college, did all sorts of things. One of the things we did in college, no, I won't go there, um, it was really funny, though. We actually broke into the college, into the college library, and we refaced all the. Is the library in here? Okay, we refaced all the books. It took about three. There's five of us. It took us about three hours in the middle of the night, and we turned it so all the bindings were in. Now, here's the thing. I think I'm okay at this point. The ambulance came the next morning. We couldn't figure out why. The librarian snapped when he came in. They took him away in a, I kid you not, they took him away in a straitjacket. He just went, but he was a little unstable already, right? Librarians. But he actually, <laughs> he actually, like, he snapped and they took him away in a straight. Those are the kind of things that I grew up doing. Anyway, um, high risk, high reward, right? Church planting, high risk, high reward. It's also so much fun being on the front line and doing something huge. So here's what I want to leave you with. The gospel Jesus proclaimed was the gospel all about the kingdom of God. Salvation is a huge part of that, right? But it's about the kingdom of God. And then he commissioned each one of us as his followers to be on kingdom mission, sharing his gospel and making disciples. And to that he said, follow me. Ulrich Zwingli, the Swiss reformer, said these words, and I love it because it's a little edgy, but he actually said this hundreds of years ago, for God's sake, do something. My friends, 
I don't know if you're going to be playing professional baseball, basketball, great game last night. Um, I don't know what you're going to be doing in five years from now. But for God's sake, do something brave. And if you're interested in church planting, come see me. God, thank you so much. Thank you for loving us, for bringing us into your family. And Lord, we thank you that you have given us purpose and mission in this life to sharing your gospel and making disciples. May you be blessed, Lord, as we follow your lead. In the name of Christ, amen.